1: The next candidate in my series has cemented their reputation for fighting for America First policies on the world stage. They're considered hardline on foreign policy, especially as it relates to what they refer to as the new axis of evil, China, Russia, Iran. Their solutions on how to deal with Russia's invasion of Ukraine has garnered accusations of warmongering and neocon labels. I'm going to give them an opportunity to respond to this. In February, they announced their candidacy to the surprise of very few as governor of South Carolina. Their policies and demeanor drew praise from both sides and eventually earned them a position as the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations under President Trump. This is the second presidential candidate I've interviewed in this series. My job is not to help or hurt any candidate. There is no agenda except to ask fair, vital questions that you would ask. Our guest on the Glenbeck podcast, Nikki Haley. You work hard for the money that you earn. And if you're like me, when you have to spend that money, you prefer to spend it on the things that are made right here in America. It's not only the patriotic thing to do, which is losing popularity now, it's a quality thing. And traditionally, the things that have been made here in America last longer, work better, and set the standard for the rest of the world. That's one of the reasons I love partnering with companies like Grip6. With Grip6, you're getting the true American experience, products that you can count on. When you buy their socks, for instance, you're supporting American ranchers who specially raise these sheep. That are bred to produce modern wool. The American manufacturer that washes the wool, processes it, and then weaves it into socks that keep your feet warm in the winter and cool in the summer. The American business owner. This is the other reason I love these guys. These are the people that are taking the risk. And it's a high risk uh, that comes along with using America only made products with American labor. These guys are changing the course of America. I love them, and I think you will too. Put your trust and hard-earned money in a company that does it right, right here in America. Go to grip 6com Beck. That's grip 6com Beck. Hi, Nikki. How are you?
2: Good. How are you?
1: Good. Good to have you here.
2: Thanks. It's always great to be here.
1: So let me just start with some of the news of today. Um, Trump, that we're even, we even have people considering arresting him, the president of the United States, on something that is a misdemeanor that everyone says. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to win in court. What's this about
2: Even Democrats know this is a political agenda. I mean, I I think that this is, it's kind of like par for the course. I mean, New York would be better off if they prosecuted violent crimes than to sit there and prosecute things like this. So, and we don't know what's going to happen. It's still kind of up in the air, but I hope nothing happens.
1: Are we banana republic if we start doing this?
2: It's just revenge, right? It's political revenge, and they're never going to let it go when it comes to him, ever. Why? I, I just... You know, I watched this when I was in the administration. I've seen it afterwards. It's just when you've got such a hate and such a—I don't know, political, I, just agenda against him. They'll never stop. On one side, they need him for ratings. Mm-hmm. On the other side, they don't want him. So it's it's kind of schizophrenic. But either way they're never going to let him go. It's a lot of the reason why I think the country's got to move forward is because this is just a vicious cycle. And, you know, it's a shame. And if it happens, you know, I hope that, you know, at least the Dems step up and say, look, this is crazy that, you you know, you're sitting there treating this like a felony. But it's a total political agenda. It's literally revenge politics. And I think Uh, it's a shame.
1: I know Mike Lee said to me when everybody was saying lock Hillary up, which I was for, if you've done the crime, you should do the time. And Mike said, be really careful. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, if if there is a crime and it's clear, political world will say, oh, we're playing that game. Mm -hmm. And he said, you'll just start putting people in jail. And he said, once you do that, he says, why Nixon didn't go to jail. He said, once you do that you're a banana republic. There's
2: no turning back. No turning back. I mean, once that precedent's been set, there's no turning back. And you know, on one side, Glenn, I've said this to you before, Republicans are too nice. They're too nice. They just kind of let things happen and they let this creep happen. But see, I don't think that's,
1: I I don't know if that's entirely true because I'm tired of the, one of my questions is what is the Republican party? What is the GOP? Well, I too nice. I don't think they're protecting and defending the Constitution of the United States. I think we're being too nice to the GOP.
2: I mean, I think, one, they're not they're not tough enough on protecting our freedoms. They've lost all fiscal responsibility um, when it comes to the situation that we're in right now. They're getting weak in the knees when it comes to our enemies. And look, I mean, I think we have to remember what is the number one rule of government? to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. And look at the situation we're in. You know, everybody wants to blame Biden for the $31 trillion of debt that we're in. There are no saints in Congress. Republicans did that to us first. Let's not forget that $2.2 trillion COVID stimulus. That it was voted 419 to 6 in the House, 96 to 0 in the Senate, no accountability whatsoever, expanded welfare. We now have 90 million people on Medicaid, 42 million people on food stamps. And so the answer to that is, after you've flushed all this money and caused inflation and the feds are, are going crazy, what's the answer to that? Republicans open back up earmarks for the first time I in know, 10 years. 7,000 earmarks were proposed in, proposed in December. So that's, that's not fiscal responsibility. You, that's fiscal insanity.
1: You were there for the Tea Party. Yes. These are the same things we've been saying for a very long time. That's exactly right. And the machine just keeps on rolling.
2: We started something great during the Tea Party. You know, we we brought attention to it, but we didn't finish it. You know, you when you go and you see this, I think, you know, you had Republicans say, oh, we better straighten out. And they felt the political wave. But it was temporary. You didn't. As governor in South Carolina, I kept calling out earmarks. I kept talking about paying down debt. I kept doing those things. But D.C. never did. No. No. And that was the bear we were fighting in the very beginning was D.C. I mean, there were at least two federal bailouts that I declined as governor. I didn't want them in my state because when you take that federal money, you get all those strings that are attached. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that to the people of South Carolina. And we have to remember, we've allowed the federal government to become so big that now it's wanting to control everything we have. It's not just about the fiscal irresponsibility, mm-hmm. but it's the mission creep into socialism, this socialist track that we're watching happen. I mean, that is not what Republicans are supposed to be thinking about. And you've got Republicans now wanting to do this socialism light. That's incredibly dangerous because when you go into socialism light, then they're just gonna say, well, why don't we just do the full socialist? Right.
1: We're already, we're already socialist. Light. I don't think we're a free market, um, and ha- I don't think we have been for a while now, at least a couple of years, with the latest bailouts of the banks. Who's making that decision? There is no law. There is no rule. It's, well, if we decide, we'll do it. Well, who the hell are you?
2: And shouldn't Congress have to weigh in on yes. that? Yes. Because that's the bigger concern. So you look at this situation. You have this flush of cash that Republicans and Democrats did. You have the feds who were just late to the game because they were saying it was transitory. Then they go and they start running up rates. You've got this bank that buys short and invests long. And the whole time this was transparent. The Fed saw that they didn't have enough cash to be able to hold their commitments. And the San Francisco fed was in charge of this. Mm-hmm. Right. But they did nothing. And then it turns out that the SVB CEO sat on the San Francisco Fed.
1: Mm -hmm. Makes no sense.
2: That's what everybody should be talking about. Instead, Janet Yellen's trying to make everybody whole. And now she's going and saying that small banks, all depositors of small banks will be made whole. You don't reward bad behavior. When things go wrong, you let them fall. No matter, and, and we hate it for the depositors. But first of all, can we at least say that pff, a lot of those depositors with a lot of money were Chinese companies? And you're really going to do that? You're really going to go and make those Chinese depositors whole?
1: I didn't know that.
2: Yes. And you've got these high-tech investors. These were not normal loans. These were not loans they could get at any other bank why are we letting that happen where is everyone where is everyone
1: well you know when it comes to where is everyone i think the left has done a very good job of scaring the hell out of your average republican um you know donald trump asked for people to march in the street my first response was don't do it don't do it and it's not because they don't support him or you don't feel you should I don't trust the federal government. I don't trust that there's not crazies in the crowd that are on the right. I don't trust that there's not crazies in the crowd that are from the left posing as the right. You can't protest right now or this government will make the, uh, the process The punishment.
2: And protesting is an American tradition. Yes, it is. It's an American tradition and it's, but now in this time, and it's why we have to get our country to snap out of it. We need to go back to the basics. We need to really look back and, you know, think about when we were growing up and life was simple and you focused on your faith, you focused on your community, you focused on your family and your country and life wasn't complicated. Then all of a sudden, it just, all of these things started to take over, and and they just wanted government to fix it all. And that's where things messed up, is when they decided the federal government knew more than the states did. And then all of a sudden, it was, well, we can tell you better than you can tell yourself. We just need to go back to what our individual freedoms were. We need to go back to economic freedom, remembering that capitalism lifted up more people than anyone in history remembering that our freedoms were something we prized and held dear
1: the problem is we have well let's let's stay on economics here for just a second then we can sure. go into to corruption um the banking is i mean i i wouldn't put you in this situation but i'm gonna say it i don't think we make it to 2025 i really don't the banking situation and if it collapses um in a global sort of way, the West is down. Then what happens? We bail out. We print even more money, inflation, supply chain. You got a mess. And the Fed is introducing Fed Now, which is a quick way. And you can make all your payments online with the Fed. The next thing is the Fed coin to reset the currency. I don't know how people don't see that. But that can't happen. That can't happen.
2: And then they're gonna to wanna to watch what you spend and how you spend.
1: No, not just watch, it's programmable. So they can control what you spend, where you spend, and what you buy.
2: They're already trying to do that. I mean, we see they're now going after credit card charges when you buy guns. Right. And right. so, I mean, look, I, I refuse to say this is going, Sure. I will say we have hit rock bottom, and the only place for survival is to go up.
1: I don't know if America has hit rock bottom, and I don't mean. (gasps) This uh, is bad. Look, I came. I know. I came from an alcoholic family. My mother committed suicide. Her rock bottom was death. Mm. I'm an alcoholic. My rock bottom was not so bad. Okay. I'm not sure that America has hit its rock bottom, because at its rock bottom, you go, okay, whatever I'm doing, I got to do something else because this isn't working. But and I don't Glenn, hear that. is
2: rock bottom not being $31 trillion in debt and knowing that you're literally your debt is bigger than your economy? Yeah. Is rock bottom not the fact that our kids no longer are learning the basics in school, but you're allowing boys to be in girls locker rooms and you're allowing, you know, 90 percent of our kids to be on a critical race theory? Is rock bottom the fact that we're getting dirty oil from Venezuela and going hat in hand to Saudi Arabia? Is rock bottom not that criminals are running free on the streets because prosecutors won't prosecute them? And you've got an open border where last month alone, there were 16 terrorists that we happened to catch. I mean, rock bottom is the fact that Americans looked to the sky and saw a Chinese spy balloon. I would like to think this is rock bottom.
0: I would like but to what think. I
2: will tell you is every American has a decision to make. We don't have to live like this right now. Our kids don't deserve to live like this right now. I'm doing this for my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for everyone's kids. America's too great not to save, but it does require saying some hard truths, saying hard truths to Republicans on what their role was in saying hard truths to the feds that know this was never transitory. And when you flush cash, the feds should have said you can't do this because inflation's going to go up. Stay, say hard truths on where we need to go as a country.
1: So how do you, I mean, I was going to say, look what the fed did to Ronald Reagan when he said, we're going this way. They made it very clear. "Oh, Oh, Oh no, Mr. President. Um, But I don't have to go there. Look what they did to Donald Trump. How do you go to Washington with a pack of Republicans that like Mitch McConnell that are like, and and say, I demand discipline on the federal budget. I I'm going to clean up the Justice Department. How you you cannot do that by yourself
2: watch me. And the reason I say that is because when I went into South Carolina and I went in completely ready to clean things up, it was a double-digit unemployment state. The first thing I did is we went into every single agency, I put people at the heads of agency that knew their number one job was to clean house. You clean out all the people that are weighing us down, that are causing regulations, that are causing red tape. And I gave them three issues that they had to deal with that they had to report to me every 60 to 90 days on where they were. And every one of them was moving the ball in the direction of their consumer, which was the taxpayer. And we called out Republicans. I called out Republicans. We had a Republican House and a Republican Senate. We called them out on earmarks. We called them out on spending. We called them out on what they were doing. And yes, I came out with a report card that listed every single person and what they were voting for and what they were against. And I gave it to all of the taxpayers in South Carolina Mm. because I wanted them to see it didn't matter about party to me. It mattered about whether they were working for the taxpayer or not. And what I got was an army of citizens Mm -hmm. that knew whenever the legislature was doing something, I let them know, and they were the ones that solved the problem. Not me, but they joined me and made sure that we called them out. It can be done. It's going to take work, but we need to at least try and do this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it... A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
1: Don't you already have enough to worry about with adding something crazy like all of a sudden losing your house one day? Um, You know, you pay your taxes, you keep your clothes on in public, you're an upstanding citizen. Can I really can somebody watch some stuff for me, please? But you could be vulnerable to America's fastest growing cyber crimes. It is called home title theft and cyber thieves can literally take your home title, take ownership of your house. This is one of the people that used to do this. Visit Home Title Lock right now. See if you still own your own house. Promo code is BECK. If you register your address, you'll get a no obligation home title report. It's $100 value free. Get your free home title report now. Hometitlelock.com. Promo code BECK. So are we at the point? I mean, are there any federal agencies that you would just shut down?
2: I think the first thing is go back and look at it. Remember, government breaks more than it fixes. So we should have as much happening at the state level as possible. Like the Department of Education. I mean, it's hard to find any good in that. I want every governor to be able to control the education that's happening in their state.
1: So do you shut it down?
2: I think we go and we look at all the agencies and say, are they effective anymore? Some are going to be. I remember there was one health and environmental control agency that I had in South Carolina. I mean, we pretty much gutted it and start it over. If you have to do that, you do that, but you don't just keep something just because, and you don't keep allowing it. The intelligence agencies, no one trusts them right now. No one. I mean, and look at the things that have happened under their watch. They didn't tell us about 9-11. They didn't tell us about, you know, th- where were they on the Chinese spy balloon? You where, know, were all of these. A,
1: where were they on Afghanistan. Afghanistan?
2: Like, so you do have to go back and like really go to the core of this and say, what's happening there? Go into the IRS and see what they're doing. Look at all that. We have to go back and say, there's a reason things happen better at the states. I say that one is a former governor, but it's because it's as close to the people as it gets. And let the people, when it comes to health care, that should be done more at the state level. The issues we have in South Carolina are very different than the issues they have in California. Don't treat the two the same. So what you do is you move more to states' rights. That's how you deal with it. Not just get rid of an agency, because that's not going to happen. Congress isn't going to let that happen. But you go into the agency and you say, how much are we going to move out? And it's like cleaning out your home. You declutter. And that's what I think we well, need to do Well, the argument in has
1: been that The Congress has to pass a law so you can fire. And the the question is, I'm sorry, is the administrator, you, the president of the United States, are, are those your employees or do those employees belong to the Congress? Because if they belong to Congress, then they should be pushed over to Congress. If they're administration, then those people work for you. And you should be able to fire them.
2: And I don't mind if people want to work in government, but they shouldn't stay in the same position longer than five years. I'll tell you a story. When I was at the UN, my first week or two weeks, someone got on the phone with all the um, NGOs basically saying what my plan was going to be. It wasn't anything I'd ever said, done anything. And I said, who is this person that is out there talking for me? And they came back and they said, it's John Kerry's sister. I said, John Kerry's sister works at the U.S. Mission of the United Nations. And they said, yes. I said, get her out of here. They said, you can't. She retires in X number of months. I said, then you send her home. I don't care if we pay her to sit at home. She is not to come back in this building. And she didn't because she was doing more harm than good. I know that when I went and wanted to give my first speech at the U.N., It was actually going against Russia for what their invasion was in Ukraine. And the State Department contacted me and said, you can't say the speech because I sent it to them Mm -hmm. before. And I said, why not? I said, if there's anything that's not factual, tell me I will change it. They said, no, but you can't say the speech like this. You can't go in with that tone. I said, look, you can change my you can say that my facts are, are right or wrong. You can't tell me how to say a speech or what to say and i went ahead and did it anyway you've got these little fiefdoms in government where they want to control and they love to just live out all the other elected officials and they just stay and that's where the power is it happens in state governments and it happens in federal government and the other place you really need to look is in those congressional committees where they come up with the legislation where they go and they push their senators or house members to to do things a lot of them Or liberal Democrats or power-hungry staffers that are trying to control what happens.
1: I don't think anybody writes those bills that that actually work in the Capitol. I think those bills are written by the special interest groups.
2: And you're you're probably right on most of those.
1: Um, Let me, 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 since we were on the UN, um, you know the world situation. Uh, I don't think China's bluffing with us. I don't think China is going to I, I don't know if you remember, but they got a lot of heat back in uh, you know 2008, 2010 for saying there's going to come a time when the Islamists, the socialists, the uh, the anarchists, they're all going to they're all going to dogpile on us. They'll work together to destroy us in the Western world. And I made it very clear. I don't mean they're calling each other. They're all going to see the opportunity and go, my gosh, they're so weak. Go. I think we're there.
2: I was listening to you on the radio back then and had just finished your book Common Sense when Mm. that happened. What is happening now is dictators wait for weakness. They wait for weakness. The problem with China is. They were very patient in waiting for the weakness, and they pulled it a little bit at a time, Mm -hmm. and we gave it to them on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. And you had Republican and Democrat presidents thought for the longest time, if we were nice to China, they would want to be like us. Mm -hmm. That's narcissistic. Mm -hmm. China has always wanted to be communist China. And so now you've got a situation where... I mean, look at their military. They built up their naval fleet. They have, you know, the largest naval fleet in the in the world. They have more air defense systems than we do. They're modernizing. They just came out with the fifth generation fighter jet. Guess which technology? Using our technology that they stole. We're not doing anything. You see them going, they just negotiated this deal between Saudi Arabia and Iran.
1: That's crazy. It is, we have to come back to
2: Not that. only is it crazy, they just created themselves as a superpower and the U.S. was nowhere to be found or even considered in that process. Very, very important. And no one should underestimate what just happened there. Then you go and you look at the fact they're now standing holding hands with Russia. When President Xi said that Russia was their unlimited partner, the one thing I learned at the U.N., pay attention to their words because they actually tell you exactly what they're doing. And to see what they're doing now, the axis of evil is China and Russia and their junior partner is Iran. And America is asleep at the wheel because why? Well, we allowed them to buy 385,000 acres of U.S. soil and and it just happened to be near Grand Forks Air Force Base where our most sensitive drone technology is. We allowed that Chinese spy balloon. Do you think if the U.S. had put a balloon over China that they would have just watched it? No. It didn't go over and South it's, Carolina it's, because the they way, love our beaches. It was because our military installations. I were am there.
1: so sick and tired of hearing people say that they couldn't control that. Wrong. That went specifically over our most sensitive missile sites and strategic air command. South that just Carolina
2: happened to? South Carolina's a military state. Oh, and it just went over it's that? Uh, yeah. They know what they're doing. The problem is why are we being so naive about all of this? Are
1: we being naive? Are we being stupid? Are we not paying attention? I mean, our our administration. Or does our administration have a different plan? And in in the case of China, are they on the payroll of China?
2: And I think all of those could be true. And all I know is, see a threat for what it is. And don't be distracted. And America looks so distracted right now. And when America's distracted, the world is less safe. We're watching it happen. There Hong is a, Kong
1: fell because we were distracted with COVID.
2: And President Xi said he was gonna take it. Dictators tell you what they're gonna do. He said he was gonna take Hong Kong. Putin said he was gonna take Ukraine. She said Taiwan was next. Putin said Poland and the Baltics are next. And then you're looking at a world war. Don't underestimate what dictators tell you and watch what they say and watch what they do. What did President Xi say in his speech? Anybody who rule, who owns the data rules the world. Mm. Why do you think he's so surveillance focused? Why do you think that they're dealing with that? America needs to realize this isn't air, land and sea anymore. This is air, land, sea, artificial intelligence, cyber. We need to change with the times. We've got to understand we're dealing with a different type of enemy. And that different type of enemy is very focused. And the United States needs to be just as focused. Because when we lead and when they know we're on to them, that's when enemies retreat. But when we just allow it to happen, they're going to run as fast as they can to get as much as they can.
1: So... A couple things come to mind. Um, a, I'm not, and I think a lot of conservatives are no longer into this nation building stuff. Let's go everywhere. Let's fight everybody's war. Not into it. Um, it, it has led to all of the worst things in the 20th century um, World War I. I could make a case that the United States and Woodrow Wilson and the league of nations led us into world war II, um, the way we negotiated and treated, uh, Germany. Um, but said that said, I just know we don't have the money anymore. We don't have the S the swagger anymore. No nation on Earth is afraid of us right now, not because of our military, but because our president is incompetent. Our Pentagon is incompetent. We're over in Ukraine. We're sending them billions of dollars. We're not watching where it's going. You and I both know that is one of the most, if not the most corrupt country in the world. I'll bet you 30 cents on the dollar is actually making it someplace that is helpful to them. We are putting ourselves in the position of Brezhnev going to Vietnam and standing in Vietnam and saying, you know what? Decapitation of the presidency. That's all we're, we're behind you 100%, Vietnam. Well, gee. I think America would have reacted to that and said, this isn't about Vietnam. This is you and me. Well, that's what Putin is saying to us. And we are completely incompetent. And you don't have the American people behind this.
2: So let me tell you, this is the way I see it and having dealt with them.
1: Do you agree with what I said?
2: I do I- Disagree a, on a certain avenue that you're going okay. first, of all, because I'm assuming you're saying we should not be in Ukraine, that we should not be helping Ukraine. That's the, that's no, what I'm taking.
1: I don't mind helping. We aren't helping. We are fighting it. We are giving we're giving everything we have. We are hurting our own security for it. We don't have a plan except, oh, here are the coordinates you should send those missiles to. We are clearly not a proxy war. We are clearly sending the message to Russia. It's you. It's either you or me.
2: So let That's
1: me, insane. Let me
2: tell you where I think we are and where we should be. Okay. Because I do agree with you on some parts of it. So this war between Russia and Ukraine is not about Ukraine. It's about freedom. And it's one that we have to win having said that i disagree with biden on i disagree with biden on sending money you should never send money to a country period i don't agree in sending money because you can't watch it once it gets there i don't ever want to send troops there my husband's in the military i don't want to send american troops on the ground there but i do think we need to work with our allies and make sure they have the equipment and the ammunition to win and this is why When you look at what the Ukrainians are doing, they're trying to save their country. And here these men went and they went to the front lines. People gave them five days. They were so passionate about their freedom. Their wives made Molotov cocktails and where they lost 27% of their country, now they're down to 15% of their country. The reason this matters, there is nothing President Xi would love more than to see Russia win this because they would know that Taiwan could be next. What we need to do is make sure if Ukraine wins, this sends a message to China with Taiwan. It sends a message to Iran with the bomb. It sends a message to North Korea. If Ukraine loses, believe dictators when they tell you Russia has said, "Poland and the Baltics are next, and then you're looking at a world war. We don't want that war. okay, so then but okay. but then China goes forward. The key in this is, understand how badly she wants this with Putin. He's holding hands with him. He said he's mm-hmm. unlimited partners. There is a reason that Russia shot down that drone. You've got to look at it from that axis of evil. I and do. what got us in this situation with China? is everybody saying, leave China alone. Focus on what we're doing. Don't pay attention to China. And all of a sudden, we're dealing with a mess. We can't afford And look at how far Russia's come. It shows how, I mean, how far Ukraine has come. Russia's hit rock bottom because they're getting drones from Iran and missiles from North Korea. They've raised the draft age to 65. I know. Last week, they didn't have any equipment. They gave these guys off the street shovels to fight. Putin knows he's losing. That's why she is showing up and why is she not giving anything yet? Cuz he's not sure that Putin can win because Putin's lo- let Putin lose. Okay, Putin so wait, would, wait, have wait, wait. Win, would have lost faster if Biden would win.
1: What does win and lose mean?
2: If Russia leaves Ukraine
1: including Crimea?
2: Well, I mean if somebody came and took Texas, would you be okay with that? Uh, but, I'm, but I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's for Ukraine to decide. If Russia leaves Ukraine, this whole war is over. If Ukraine retreats. Russia moves on to Poland and the Baltics and all of freedom loses. I mean, we have to look at the longer term. I so, don't think we stay there for 20 years. That's not what we're saying. Well,
1: you, you can't uh, see. Here's my problem. Let's say you're the president of the United States in 2025. Okay, that's a while away. Mm -hmm. And you're talking tough, and they know crap, she means it. She will do that. Okay. If I am Russia, I'm China, I'm ISIS K, okay, I see the weakness, and I'm like, you want Taiwan? Take it now. Okay, we'll push them over the edge. They're completely incompetent. There is such a thing as as strategizing on timing and say, you know what? Pull back, pull back, because we are we're out of control right now. We have we have screwed up everything we touch in the last three, three years. And I mean, everything.
2: I mean, Afghanistan was the biggest bun. You know, we bungled that up energy, worse than anything.
1: Energy, oil, uh, the environment, that we can't keep trains on track. Nothing, nothing. There isn't been one thing this administration has done that works in America's favor.
2: But Glenn, don't assume that we can't balance multiple balls at one time. You just don't have a leader. You've got the weakest president we've ever had. You've got the most socialist president we've ever had. Do you know what? What has happened when Russia shot down a drone, a U.S. drone. What's happened? Nothing. Do you know what should have happened? When that drone came down, we should have put two drones up there with a fighter jet. We should have put the naval fleet in the Black Sea. We never should have pulled it out. It sets the tone. It lets them know, don't go there. It lets them know, don't. And I'm we... i not talking Deterrence matters. Ab- I'm
1: not talking about you. I'm talking about right now. Oh, it's
2: terrifying. We're,
1: we... we- I I don't see a way that this doesn't end horribly for us in in the next two years. Two years is a long time. It's a very long time, especially if you just said it. President Xi is going to take Taiwan. We're fooling ourselves if we think we can really, at this point, really take them on with their force and be in meddling with Ukraine and everything else. We don't we don't have the supply line for Taiwan. Now, if you were in Donald Trump was in, I were in. They wouldn't do it because we'd all have a a twitchy eye and like, I I don't really care. You're not going there because I'll do it. And they would respect that. They don't respect any of this. Deterrence matters.
2: Deterrence matters. But don't think for a second getting weak in the knees on Russia is going to help you with China. Actually, getting weak in the knees in Russia is showing China exactly what they want to see. That's at least China has watched everything the world has done when it comes to Russia. They've paid attention to every company that pulled out of Russia, they've paid attention to every country that has helped. Ukraine. They've paid attention to what ammunition we're using and how we're doing it. They are in the data collection situation. We need to make sure that we're dealing with this in a very strong way. But it's like I said, I don't want any money going to Ukraine. I don't want any troops going to Ukraine. I would why Biden's not with our allies saying you do this, you do this, you do this. That's what should happen. I mean, Saudi Arabia just gave money to Ukraine because they're trying to To keep them. What I'm saying is deterrence around the world to our enemies always matters.
1: It does. Peace through strength. We're not strong in anything. I
2: know. I agree with you on that.
1: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Listen, if you're suffering from daily pain, I get it. I know it is hard uh, to get up in the morning and all you think of is I got I, I can't do this another day. I got to get back to bed. That sucks. You got to get your life back. I got my life back. I could not do this without real pain just a few years ago. And then I started taking relief factor. By the way, if you happen to be listening, I'm opening and closing my hands. I couldn't paint. I couldn't hold a pencil in my hand without it cramping up within like a minute. Now I can. Now I can. You could live your best possible life. Just try relief factor and get out of pain. It's worked for 70% of the people who try it, they go on to order more month after month. Just try it for three weeks. The three week quick start is nineteen ninety five. It's a trial pack. So try it now at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call eight hundred the number four relief. Eight hundred for relief, relieffactor.com. So let me ask you Putin losing Ukraine. What do do you believe because he has said, and I believe dictators too. 99, I said, Obama or Osama bin Laden will blow up. There'll be bodies and buildings in the streets of New York because he said it and everybody mocked me. I take people who say I'm going to kill you seriously. He has said that this is not about Ukraine anymore. This is about America trying to topple Russia itself. Okay, not just him, Russia itself is at stake. Okay, if he believes that and he's losing, do you think he would use nukes?
2: They said the same thing with Syria. I mean Putin will go and make this all about victimhood all the time he did it they did it at but the when, when
1: you, you said no and take i take people seriously he is seriously saying that
2: he knows that if he uses nuclear weapons that he will be destroyed he knows that Russia can't take on the U.S. That's never been an issue. He can't even take on Ukraine. He certainly can't take on the U.S. Now, is he crazy enough to do it? Any dictator's crazy enough to do it. But would I let that scare me into anything? Absolutely not. That would not scare me. It's, you, it's all the more reason why we just have to be firm in understanding that axis of evil with China, Russia, and Iran.
1: So, um, before we get off this, tell me... What the next president has to do, day one, to restore our allies back to our allies. Saudi Arabia is in bed with Iran. They hate each other. They hate each other. Very telling. Right. That shows we've got no juice. Israel is even saying, None of, none of the people are to talk to American ambassadors. Not No, there's no formal relations here until this president speaks to me, Benjamin Netanyahu, face to face. Are you kidding me? We got no juice. So what's day one?
2: Day one, you go in and you tell countries what they expect of you. You tell them what the U.S. is for and what the U.S. is against. I did it at the United Nations. I told them what we were for, what we were against. I didn't care if they didn't like me but I wanted them to respect America. And you immediately start showing strength. You don't have to take actions to do things. A lot of times it's just saying what you're gonna do and standing by it, standing by it. You know, Think about what Obama did with Crimea to start with. That's Mm -hmm. what set this off. Think about what Biden did with Afghanistan. Like say what you think. When they know, it's amazing. The one thing I said, which I didn't even really think it was anything. The second I walked into the UN and I said, I want you to know, for everybody that has our backs, we're gonna have yours, and for anyone that doesn't, we're gonna be taking names. It sent waves through the UN. That's common sense. right? And I wanna say this, because part of the strategy of what you do, and what I would stop on day one, last year we gave $46 billion in foreign aid. Billion dollars in foreign aid. When I was at the UN, I created a book, I put 193 countries. The second column was the percentage of times they voted with the U.S. and against the U.S. And the third column was the amount of foreign aid we were giving them. I took it to President Trump and I said, the days of buying friends needs to be over. The days of paying off enemies needs to be over. Glenn, of the 46 billion last year, we gave money to Pakistan. They, were, they used to harbor terrorists that killed our soldiers. We gave money to Iraq, who's holding hands with Iran that says death to America. We gave money to Zimbabwe, the most anti-American African country there is. We gave money to communist Cuba that we named a state sponsor of terrorism. We give money to China. Do you know how weak that makes us look? Mm-hmm. Stop giving money to countries that hate America. Stop.
1: I'm for that. Um, Let's talk about the um, Iranians. Mm. Um, They are now at this point, all indications are they can make a bomb. They can make the plutonium that they need. Um, It's enriched. They got it. Israel's not going to sit around for that. And they shouldn't. Right. But now Israel has another enemy to worry about, and that is Saudi Arabia. Trump had that fixed. Um, so, what do you do with Iran? Here's here's one thing I want you to kind of hit on is, it's like members of the State Department. Hmm. If I'm Iran, I'm like, she's gonna be gone four years, eight tops. Don't worry about it, because we're taking such radical swings back and forth. We look crazy to the rest of the world. So
2: I so agree with the problem that the the main thing we need to do, the main thing the next president needs to do is not do things for four or eight years. You've really got to set the tone for 20, 30, 40 years out. You've got to create a vision, a long term vision for our role in the world, for our role economically, for our kids and how they're going to be. We need to change with the times and have that vision. Iran right now is sitting pretty and they know it. You know, when we got out of the Iran deal, one of the things that hurt them the most is we put sanctions on them that were so tough they couldn't do anything. But then Biden went, started lifting those sanctions, and then China knew it was safe to start helping them. And then Russia started partnering in, and then they created this, this thing where they just are helping each other. It wasn't wrong that we got out of the Iran deal. It was wrong that you loosened things up when you got out of the mm-hmm. Iran
1: deal. Um, how, how much trouble are we in? Um, let me rephrase that. We talk about war. We're not just talking about the president and Congress. We're talking about the competency of the Pentagon and the agenda of the state department. We talk about energy. This is an all-government approach to take our energy sector apart. We are now paying 100% of your profits if you had a coal fire plant through the Inflation Reduction Act. We will pay your profits as a company 100% for the next 10 years, but only if you decommission that plant and sell it for scrap or destroy it. What are we doing?
2: I, I mean, I you can't look at our energy policy as it stands right now and find any common sense in it whatsoever. I mean, we should want to make sure that we are always watching out for the national security interests of this country. And the best way you do that is you make sure that you are not dependent on anyone or anything for your energy needs. You, I mean... That is what a president should do, is only focus on the national security lens. We should be just like with our energy and making sure that we aren't dependent on Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, any of those. But the same thing is when you look at the country as a whole, if China does something tomorrow, are we ready? No. When COVID hit, they told you to put on a mask, it was made in China. They told you to take a test, it was made in China. Walk down your medicine aisles, all made in China.
0: Mm-hmm
2: we need to be making things in america again and if we can't make them we need to get with an ally and assume that china pulls the rug out of us out from under us tomorrow we have to be ready these are things you always pay attention to the national security interest i don't care if people buy t-shirts and light bulbs from china any more than i care if china buys agricultural products from our farmers but when it comes to a national security situation we need to be focused on that from energy. To economics, to having a strong dollar, to making sure that our education, to our technology, to artificial intelligence, our, to cyber,
1: our medicine, our medicine. We are already having a shortage of basic antibiotics. When things get bad. What's the I mean, first what thing they're going to do? It's yeah, going to be we looking at like, hey, eighteen forty wasn't so bad. That's crazy.
2: We've already got a shortage of cancer drugs right now.
1: Um, so y- you just said a strong dollar. Our Fed has printed $8 trillion. Um, they did a quantitative, what do they call it, not easing, but the other way, um, where they're trying to you know, raise the interest rates and get that down so they can. Okay. Everything they've done, with all the damage that they've done, their books, they've just taken all that debt right back. So everything they've done, it just went right back up. We don't have a, a, a strong dollar. We are, we are just debasing our dollar. And our Fed swears that they're not working on a digital currency. No, no. But next month, FedNow, look it up, go to FedNow.org, I think, and you can see what the Fed's been working on. It's a new system where all your payments can be made fast through the Fed. They say this is a a challenge and uh, an alternative to a federal central bank coin. No, it's not. It's the system that will run it. Where do you stand on digital currency and and the Federal Reserve?
2: I mean, I don't think that they need to be controlling it. I mean, they can't control the banks. Why are we going to turn around and have them control that? And not only that, what are they going to do when they control it? I mean, we talked about it earlier, the surveillance side. Are you going to suddenly say, well, we're not going to do those transactions anymore? Or are you going to change the rules after? Or are you just going to watch what we purchase? I mean, it's it's one of those things. China's doing it right now. I don't think we want to be China.
1: No, it is a programmable coin, which will be made for you. And so it will tell you what you can buy and what you can't buy. It is extraordinary. You should be
2: very suspicious of anything government does. It's just because you've got bureaucrats behind it. That are power hungry. It's just the reality. They've been there too long. They want to create different things and they want to control it. But the last thing we need to do is look at anything the Fed wants to do and feel good about it. So I think they need to fix what they've got now because they've got their hands full.
1: So w- let's look at um, this world of the Fed, the banks, um, and and energy and rights, ESG. <laughs> Where do you stand on ESG? I mean, it's
2: just it's another political game. It's a political distraction that is going to the heart of everything we do. It's ludicrous that you're telling people that before we can invest your retirement money, we've got to see what the ESG part of it is. Like that's that's ludicrous.
1: So what happens because Europe is ahead of us and the way ESG is supposed to work is as if this makes sense if i'm a company and you're a supplier okay i have an esg score of 80. i can't buy any supplies from you unless you have a score of 80. if you have a lower score i have to find someone else or encourage you to get your esg score up now here's the problem any company that is doing i think it's 10 or $100 million worth of business in Europe. If your company is based here, you cannot do business over in Europe unless your score on the European scale fits. So all of the laws from Europe, even if we kill it here, all of the laws from Europe apply to our biggest companies. What do you do? I mean,
2: the last thing you do is fall for it. We don't want to follow Europe when it comes to that. Look, I mean, the whole point is America needs to figure out how to be sustainable. And we don't go and do that by regulations from other countries. We don't do it by putting heavy regulations on our own businesses. If you take care of your businesses, the economy flourishes but you don't weigh them down. We don't need to weigh them down with ESG protocols. That's not what we need to do. We'll go somewhere else if we have to. But the last thing you wanna do is put more regulations on our businesses. We're in the worst economy we've had in a long time. We need to go lift up our businesses. We don't need to be hindering them. And how do
1: we lift them up?
2: You allow businesses to work. You know, when, when I was governor, we focused on getting regulations off. We focused on, I told all my agencies, if businesses have cash, they don't go on vacation, they hire more people. The focus is stay out of their way. Let them have economic freedom. Let them expand, let them do, and government should just sit back and thank them. That's what we need to do. There is something to capitalism. Now is there corruption every now and then? Yeah, you go and you you punish that when that happens, but capitalism is meant to work and that's just total economic freedom.
1: But who do you run to when the police, the government, are corrupt. Who do you run to?
2: You need somebody that's gonna go clean house. You need to have it. And I know it can be done, because we did it in South Carolina. What I don't want Americans to think is, this is a foregone conclusion that we're just too lost to be fixed. The only thing that's too lost to be fixed is when people, when Americans give up. And Americans can't give up. Mm We have a country to save, and we have to be willing to save her.
1: I think people are. The people I know are wide awake. They are just, you know, I think this is one of the things that Donald Trump has brought to the table, is you could agree or disagree, but you feel he is in it for you. That may not be true, may be true, I don't know. But he, he he's like, they're coming for me and you. And um, that's important because people, at least on the right, have are pretty done with the party labels and all of that. They know the Constitution is hanging by a thread. They know that we are in deep trouble. Who is going to stand up not just for the people, but constitutionally stand up and clean this mess up.
2: Government was intended to serve the people, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. That's not the case right now. And so you've gotta go change the culture back of the role of government. That means calling out Congress every time they wanna start a new program. That means going to the agencies every time they wanna bloat and tell them, we wanna see how you're gonna cut. That goes back to the states and giving governors as much control and allowing their people to decide things as they can. You've gotta go start cutting away. I keep referring to it as a house. You gotta declutter your house. And in our house, our government house is really cluttered. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of decluttering to do, but you start somewhere. You start somewhere and the people will be with us when we do this. Oh, I know. Because they feel it. They right now feel like they're working to give money to the government that's not doing anything for them. And we have to go and change that. Government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. I will say it over and over again. It was never meant to be all things to all people. And right now it's even trying to be parents in schools. Like we have to stop that.
1: No, it's not even trying. It's just doing it. It's just assuming something that is so anti-American that no, you don't have it, right? You're not smart enough. It's I'm so sick and tired of these elites. They haven't been right on one damn thing in the last 10 years. Not one. Name it. What have they been right on? Did health care costs go down? We did your plan. Did health care costs go down or did they go up? Uh, are we safer now or, 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 or just even two years ago? Because all the experts said what that guy was doing was wrong. What you were doing at the U.N. would get us all killed. But look at us now on every single front. We are living Woodrow Wilson's administrative state. And I don't think these experts have any credibility at all.
2: The elitist mentality is demeaning and judgmental. And they want to tell you, you don't know how to parent, will parent your kids in schools. You don't know how to pick the school for your children because you don't have a high school education or you don't have a college education. You don't know what's best for you. We will protect you from COVID. We will tell you all of the things that have happened in the past five years should be the wake-up call that we need because our kids have suffered, our families have suffered, our economy has suffered, our where we stand in the world has suffered, all because we allowed elitists and bureaucrats to tell us what to do.
1: So Fauci, um, I think, lied to us about um, the origins. I, I mean, he was paying for that research at Wuhan. He knew. He knew. Um, if that's proven, should he go to jail? What should happen? What should we do with China? If that, if that was happening, what do we do?
2: Hold them accountable. No one has held China accountable for COVID. I, first of all, think that, the, that COVID came from a lab. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was malicious. I think it was an accident. I do, too. But I think China didn't want to be the only country embarrassed. And just look at their actions. They closed their border to keep anyone from coming in, but they opened their border to let everybody go out. They immediately went to the World Health Organization and said, condemn the United States for closing their border. Mm -hmm. And Fauci and company fell for all of it. He knew. I mean, God help us if we were going and investing in that lab. We because were. Because that's exactly. That's fact. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. Why are we giving money to an enemy? Why do you give money to countries that because hate America? Because this is the same
1: thing we do when it comes to torture. Oh, we're against torture. We don't torture. But we'll ghost plane you to Saudi Arabia. You know, we're, we're not going to do gain of function research, but we'll pay for it being done in China. We have no credibility. That's why I
2: said, stop all of this foreign money that's going out. Unless it's a win-win, we should never do it.
1: I don't know about you, but I just love to sweat. I mean, it is a great... Nobody likes to sweat. Nobody likes it. I was at a concert the other day, and I saw two friends. Uh, they're both conductors, and they were conducting this 400-voice choir and a full symphony orchestra, And one of them was playing the piano like crazy. And I go back. One of them, they're two brothers. One of them absolutely dry. Gives me a big hug. The other one's like, don't come close. I am sweating like a pig. Nobody, nobody wants to say it, but that's the way I am. Sweating like a pig until I found sweat block. I want you to try this. They have wipes. I kid you not. That will prevent you from sweating for days after you've used them. I've used them myself. I use them all the time, especially down here in the flaming hot. I mean, it's like the surface of the sun living in Texas. You need to stop sweating, stop smelling. It's easy. It's easy. All you have to do is just wipe under each arm like once a week, and it's done. This is a totally different thing. Sweatblock.com. Go there now. Use the promo code BECK. Save 20%. Sweatblock.com. Get the wipes now. Let me take you to um, uh, the World Health Organization.
2: (laughs) It's just a farce. It's a farce. It is, I mean, I think when you talk about holding China accountable for COVID, you go and you need to tear up the World Health Organization because they are as responsible as China is for doing that. You had, I mean, here they knew that this virus had, had leaked. They had meetings. They did nothing about it over and over and over again until they went to China to meet with President Xi and get their marching orders, and then they came back. The number of days of people who died because of that, and yet the UN has never had a hearing on it. The other countries haven't gone and said anything about it. Like, we should be exposing all of this.
1: Why are we paying for it?
2: Well, you shouldn't.
1: Right, we should so we drop out of the uh, the uh, the uh, the WHO. From
2: the second that happened, there should have been no question about dropping out of it because right. they were totally playing China's game. Correct.
1: So that's the UN. The UN, I mean, is a as America gets weaker, you see how much we have helped the world stay sa- stable. It's not the UN. The UN is garbage. Why are we still a member of the UN and paying them?
2: There's only one reason. Um I'll tell you that the UN is a farce. Um after being there a couple of years, I can tell you the intent Was good, they thought, if they put 193 countries in a room in the name of peace, that all good things would happen. But 193 countries don't share the same values. Mm -hmm. So you're never going to have that. The only reason that the U.S. stays in it is because they have one of five vetoes. And they can stop China, and they can stop Russia and Iran from doing bad things. That's the only reason. Because other than that, they shouldn't. And I don't think we should be giving near the amount of money we're giving. I mean, I think we should totally gut what we're giving because China's being treated as a developing country. Can you believe that? Those are the dues they're paying. I think we should be a developing country. Why don't we pay dues that low? Because no. we wouldn't lose our veto status. So why keep paying if, it, if we know that they're bought and paid for by China and by others?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about the, um, the border. I know where you stand on the border. Um, so let's kind of talk about um, the... Hopefully, non-spoken deal that we've made uh, with Mexico and the drug cartels and the human traffickers. We, I'm beginning. I said to my wife last night, "I've read the Book of Revelation." Mm-hmm. Everybody always says, "How come America's not in it?" I think we might be the bad guys in it. I think we are going so dark, so fast that if we don't turn it around. We may be the Babylon. We may be the great whore of the earth that had everything and we hoard it all out for money.
2: Well, first, let me say what we should be doing with the border, which is I do think we should put up the wall. I do think we go back to remain in Mexico. I do think we stop catch and release. But more importantly... I think we do what I did in South Carolina, which is an Arizona style mandatory e-verify program, which basically I told South Carolina businesses, you cannot hire anybody in this country illegally. So they all left Mm -hmm. because they couldn't get jobs. We need to do that all across the country is have that mandatory e-verify program. And when the Mexican president says, oh, you should take care of your own people, you know, you can't do anything with the cartels. My answer would be either you deal with it or I deal with it. But one of us is going to deal with it. What does
1: that mean, you deal with the cartels?
2: I mean, we go in and we use our special, we treat it like ISIS. This is a war. You go and you put special operations, you use cyber, you use your intelligence, and you make sure that you stop this flow. We have had more people die from fentanyl and opioids, more than the Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan wars combined. That's a war. And here, China's sending Fentanyl over, they know exactly what they're doing. The cartels are making it and spreading it all over America. We're not doing anything to stop it. We could go in and stop it. We've got the special operations to identify each and every one of them, just like we did with ISIS and go and stop all of that. We don't wait on the Mexican president to tell us that. We handle it ourselves. Our kids are dying.
1: I agree. Um,
2: Number one cause of death between ages of 18 to 49 mm -hmm. is fentanyl and opioids.
1: Let me... um, uh, Do you think Texas has it right when they say the government is not protecting the border and so the Constitution gives us the right to protect it ourselves?
2: I... Look, as if I were governor of Texas, you do whatever it takes to protect your people. That's your job. Your job is to keep your people safe. Whatever it takes. If the feds won't do their job, then you take it into your own hands and you take care of it.
1: Okay. Um, Last question um, is, uh, I I think that GOP is so bifurcated now and there's, You know, the old kind of John McCain, uh, Mitch McConnell thing. Um, There is the new uh, kind of, uh, I would say it's more founders, but it's a little scary because it's like, I don't want any government. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then there's everything kind of in between. And you're a Tea Party person, but you also, I mean, the left calls you a neocon. So, tell me who you are. How, what, who are you most like? What would you take pieces from?
2: I mean, you can't label me. I mean, the thing is, you know, they, many have said, oh, she's a warmonger. No, I'm not. My husband is in the military. Do you think I want him in a war? Strong militaries prevent wars. They don't start wars. So, you know, I mean, people have always tried to label, I'm a conservative. I've been a conservative. I came in through the Tea Party. I'm still that same person that thinks that government's too big, that spending's too much, and that we owe it to our kids to pay down this debt and give them an opportunity to live better. I mean, the reason that I'm running right now is my parents came here 50 years ago to a country that was strong and proud and full of opportunities. I wanna do this to prove to them that they made a good decision. I'm doing this for my husband and his military brothers and sisters because I want them to know their sacrifice meant something, that we do value our freedoms, that we do value our country. I'm doing this for my kids because my daughter, she's getting married in a few weeks and I see her and her fiance struggling to buy a home. My son is in college and I see him writing papers he doesn't believe in just to get an A. Mm. I'm doing this because I think that America's falling into this socialist defeatism that is killing us. And I know America's better than this, but I will say this, and I've said this to everybody, don't complain about what we have in a general if you don't play in this primary. Mm -hmm. This is about truly going back to the soul of America and making sure that we bring her back to life because we've lost her. But she's not dead, she's not dead. And it's gonna take work and it's gonna take every single American saying, stop this political bickering, Mm -hmm. stop this labeling. I don't care what you wanna label me, stop it. I am a American loving, patriot that believes that my children deserve better we have 50 percent of americans today glenn that say they don't think their kids are going to live as good of a life as them we should never be okay with that as a parent i need to know that my kids have a better country than what i had that's our that's our obligation to our kids and we have to do that and i'm gonna do that i'm gonna fight for that because they deserve it, your kids deserve it. American families deserve to know what it's like to have that stability again, and that safety again, and that freedom again, and not be clouded by all this political gamesmanship and and revengeism and all of these things that are just ridiculous. The distractions are terrible.
1: Horrible, horrible. Thank you, Nikki.
2: I'm sorry it's over.